Welcome to the Paradise Paradox. My name is Aaron Battle. My name is Kurt Robinson. Today we're going to talk about Illuminati. What is the Illuminati? What Are you it? being controlled by what? demons under your bed? Your local council workers could be working for the Illuminati, moonlighting as Satan worshippers in the botanical gardens. Are you illuminated? Are you awake? Are you controlling your own mind? Or are you letting the media paint that back wall any color they want? Yep. Are there four stages of the Illuminati, the politicians, the, the media? The schooling system. <laughs> and your own job. Are, are these four factors controlling you, keeping you oppressed, maintaining you as the status quo as another non-player character in the matrix are you being controlled are you being told to obey consume live get married procreate then die ask the questions now before it's too late <laughs> that's right are you playing the game are you playing your own game are you letting your job your government your home life and schooling education map out your complete future hmm Okay, so let's get right into it. Uh, press like, press subscribe, leave us a comment. Uh, subscribe on YouTube, Facebook, and wherever else you want to, Pocket Cast and iTunes. Let's get into it. Check it out. Welcome again to the Paradise Paradox. My name's Kurt Robinson. My name's Aaron Basil. So today we're talking about the Illuminati. And the first thing, the first item on the agenda that I want to address is the definition of the word Illuminati. Because the thing is, Illuminati in its most general sense, what it really means is any group of people who are claiming a special enlightenment or claim to have access to to a special body of knowledge or, or level of consciousness, anything like that. So the thing is, a lot of people, like especially in recent years, it's become uh, common in the vernacular. People talk about the Illuminati in terms of uh, celebrity film clips and all this type of nonsense. Uh, but if, if we go back in time, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't like using the word Illuminati, because it's so general. It's not specific at all um, and, until you apply some more qualifiers. So the thing is, you could say, I could say the, the Illuminati and actually be refer, referring to the Alumbrados, which was a, a religious mystical movement, a Christian mysticism movement in Spain in the uh, 15th and 16th centuries, which was, I mean, originally known as the Illuminados, which you can see the, uh, basically in it's Spanish for Illuminati. Uh, and uh, that, that was a, myst a mystic movement, which um, they got persecuted by the, the Spanish Inquisition. And, and uh, it only lasted a couple of hundred years from what I can tell. Yeah, I like that you said it was nonsense. I mean, the, the original, I mean, what we're exposed to today in like media, and these video clips, you know, <laughs> the, the news, it's all a distraction. 
Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't really know because there's so, so many levels to it. It's hard to say what what really is uh, ridiculous and and what isn't. Um, but you, you start scratching the surface of this, and, yeah. and you're talking about 500 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, in terms of the alumbrados, yeah, uh, that's uh, five five hundred years ago. Yeah. In the general definition, there's a whole lot of organizations who would fit under the umbrella Illuminati. Like I could refer to Scientology and like the inner circle of Scientology claims to have special knowledge that other people don't. And that could be an Illuminati if, if you use that term or the Freemasons uh, that I've written here, the Knights Templar, which is an, another organization of um, somewhat mystical origins. Or the... Astrum Argentum, uh, the Ordo Templi Orientis, which were two organizations either founded or, or headed at some stage by Alistair Crowley, uh, which again, they were like secret societies uh, claiming to have some special knowledge. Or the Rosicrucian, Rosicrucians is another one. So all of these organizations spanning over hundreds of years uh, of, you know, their various levels of actual knowledge. Um, but what, and, do they, what do they claim to know exactly? Well, different ones claim to have different, uh, different knowledges. Uh, so I guess more generally, it's, it's commonly something to do with mysticism. So something like uh, Gnosticism and some kind of knowledge of the nature of God mm. or the nature of the universe or, or something like that. Yeah. I mean, just the, the sort of topics that we talk about, mm. I find I've been, I've been asked the question, um, do what do you know about the Illuminati or, yeah. uh, or do you know really who the Illuminati is? And I always give them the same answer. Mm. I am. I'm the Illuminati. <laughs> All right. So you got it here, ladies and gentlemen. Aaron Battles confessing to be an Illuminatus. But, so be, um, be very wary of whatever comes out of his mouth. I, I will control your mind. <laughs> but, or at least one, at least your own mind. <laughs> I like to think I have control at some level. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the reason why I say that is because when you, when you start looking at what some of the Indian gurus say, mm. They, mm. They, they give you the impression that everyone together is Illuminati mm. and, and more so um, people that have control of their own mind and are able to assess their feelings associated with different ideas as they're entering their mind. Mm. So uh, I think it's more about controlling your own reality. Mm. I think that that's kind of the idea that, that I've been given or that, I, that I've got, but that, that's based on like Indian sort of gurus and yep. spirituality. Indian mysticism. Okay. So it's, the idea is that, Everyone is God or everyone has uh, access to, to this greater level of consciousness. To be aware of what's going in your head. I mm. think that's kind of the impression. But maybe these okay. groups have the, same, have the same knowledge that is important to, mm. uh, to assess, you know, what, what music you're listening to or what books you're reading, what material you're feeding in your mind. Mm. Yep, yep. Well, uh, so, of course, one of the most... What I believe when most people say the Illuminati, I think they're actually associating it with the Bavarian 
Illuminati. So I was just reading a, a text before. The title was Proofs of a Conspiracy Against All the Religions and Governments of Europe. This was written in uh, 1798. And this was, oh, that's all right. I don't need that part. Uh, yeah, it was written in 1798 by a fellow named John Robison. And he was describing how he was a Freemason back then in the 18th century. And what happened was he's traveling through Europe. He would go to France and Germany and a few other countries. He was a Briton. Uh, and he would discover that things were a bit different in certain lodges. So the thing about the Freemasons is... It's a kind of decentralized organization. Each lodge is to some extent autonomous. They don't necessarily need to follow the declarations of a central authority. So they can, to some extent, ha have their own rules. But the one of the rules which is supposed to be maintained in all of these lodges is, is to not talk about government or religion in, in any lodge. And he found that that rule was being broken in a lot of these, uh, he also found that the uh, people were using the freedom of speech that they could gain as being a member of the lodge uh, and they were exploiting it. <laughs> so basically, it sounds like uh, <laughs> from his description, I got the impression that Freemasonry was the 4chan of the 18th century or the, the internet forum of the 18th century where people could say whatever they wanted and not worry about consequences because they were, uh, they, they were among the brothers of the lodge. And uh, what he found was, or what he alleges, is that he found there was a sort of association arising amongst the Freemasonry lodges and he says that as that association of course was the order of the illuminati founded by dr adam weishaupt a professor in a professor from germany and so that's his allegation that organization was outlawed in a few countries but i mean what really happens when you outlaw a, a secret society of course it's the natural response is it's going to go underground it was secret to begin with so it wouldn't be any surprise if they continued their organization, even despite the ban. Well, it's a bit like if the fact that we're talking about this, that mm. they decide to, to ban our podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm still going to hang out, hang out and talk with this, about this kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. how are they, they going to ban it? Well, they ban us off YouTube. We get another website, you know. It happens. Put it on Vimeo, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean. They can't stop us. There's no stopping us now. We've got to roll. <laughs> yeah. But one case that did come up was the case of Mark Dice. And he's a, a guy on YouTube and he posts a lot about the Illuminati. He's written a book or two about it. And uh, he's constantly making references to popular culture. I guess it's an, an attempt uh, to break in uh, to the market, like to, to show people if there's some kind of meaning behind things in popular culture or how they're being manipulated, allegedly by the Illuminati. And so what happened to his channel was one day he just woke up, went to his computer and found his channel had been deleted along with all of his videos. And uh, so he put out a call to his, his followers and said, hey, uh, let's put some pressure on YouTube. In about 24 hours, they... Um, reinstated his channel 
so it's now back up and you can watch his crazy ass videos about the Illuminati. What was the reason for um, taking him down in the first place? Well, they didn't really give a reason. They just said it violated the guidelines. So okay. there's, if, if this doesn't get your conspiracy theory circuits uh, firing a little bit, I don't know what would. Because <laughs> you have to wonder, because if, if anybody watches his channel, uh, you would have to say, okay, this guy is at least a little bit crazy. Uh, and if you haven't been exposed to these ideas before, you will say he's probably a lot crazy. <laughs> uh, and then for some reason, out of nowhere, they take his channel down. So, you know, what did he do or who did he offend? Well, I don't think he's doing it. I don't think he's doing any favors to the system or to the <laughs> reality or, you know, whoever's against, you know, what he's talking about. Because, mm. he, I mean, he's pretty, he's very direct. You know, he's calling out artists and he's, he's giving examples and he, he's painting all the, you know, all the pictures in. Yeah. Like, you know, he, he's very descriptive. But, um, I mean, I mentioned to you, I, although I found it entertaining, mm. I, I think he, uh, he falls short a little bit in, in the, the, the severity. In his analysis. Yeah. Oh, in, in the severity. Well, okay. I think so because I think he's, um, he's very superficial with some of the symbols that he, he shows. And um, there, was a, there was an interview that he, he pulled apart out with, with Justin Bieber. Okay. And he's like, oh, Justin Bieber, he, he announced he's part of the Illuminati. And then, you know, then a week later, he's got an Illuminati tattoo or something. And it's like, <laughs> who really cares what tattoo he gets? Like, that doesn't <laughs> prove that he's part of the Illuminati or not. It just maybe he wants to sell more singles. <laughs> um, you know, it's, yeah. like, it's like now we're feeding the media hype around, you know, the new tattoo that Bieber got. It's yeah. Like, that, that's kind of all superficial bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Well, some people might, might get paranoid or, or uh, they, they question on another level would say stuff like, oh, well, that means Mark Dice has controlled opposition. It's like uh, Alex Jones is actually uh, Bill Hicks reincarnated and, and he's, uh, <laughs> he's trying to um, provide this easy straw man attack against the, against the establishment or something like that, which it, I, I think there is some truth to some truth to those allegations sometimes that of course there, there are things like, uh, sock puppets. You know what a sock puppet is? I can have a guess someone that's controlled and told what to reproduce. Pretty, pretty much. Uh, so a, a sock puppet, like a sock puppet account is where you get someone on Facebook and it's it's a it's a phony account. It might be run by, for example, the the Australian Federal Police, and they'll go on their own page, and then they'll start posting things and uh, and and attacking anybody who voices any unpopular opinion and say stuff like, "Ah, who do you think you you think you you know everything? Whoa, are you some conspiracy theorist or something or whatever they say? They will they will take down or attempt to take down." the people who are, who are bucking the system a little bit. And I've, I've actually seen this myself because I, I was on the, I think it was on the Australian federal police one. And, and, uh, um, I was on there and my friend Bob was posting on there as well. And then uh, we started to look at the, the things people were saying, cause we were like, these, these people are a bit daft, like more than usual. So we looked, we started looking at each of their accounts on Facebook and we noticed like a lot of them had only been made in the last couple of months. A lot of them only had um, 50 or 100 friends. A lot of them had friends who weren't in Australia. Uh, so I, like one of, the account, I, one of the accounts I looked at 
had about 50 or 100 friends and I, I started clicking through those friends and I noticed they were like women from the Czech Republic or from Romania, like the, uh, these were actually fake accounts as well. Uh, like like spam accounts that were created to promote cam girls or something like that. So <laughs> I just thought of a business idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, making sock puppet accounts or making cam girl accounts on Facebook. Yeah, All of the that's above. A, that's but a great idea. How long ago did this happen? <clears throat> oh, this was about a year ago. Okay. And yeah, uh, so I've read some some stories as well, which I remember I read one story. Very difficult to verify, but it was talking about how this guy applied for some uh, some strange-looking ad in the paper saying, like, hey, do you use social network sites? Are you uh, savvy with the, the young folk? Come work for us. And they, he was working for this. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> he was working for this organization, a, a company uh, which apparently was contracted by some three-letter agency in the United States, and and he was told to to um, use all these propaganda techniques or these uh, rhetorical techniques to derail conversations uh, about, say, for example, uh, the state of Israel to to stop people questioning Israel or call them anti-Semitic and and uh, a few other things to stop them criticizing. What well, what I'm thinking about here is if. If they're trying to, de- I guess, derail yep. um, people uh, exercising their ability to do their own research and put out stories and, yep. and I mean, why, why are they putting so much effort towards that if this is all crap? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the, that's the question. Like if somebody's on to truth, then the idea is to derail it so they don't follow it to its natural conclusion so they don't do any more research or at least they have trouble discussing it in a public forum like on facebook i think that's why the the media so so they they seem to jump at being able to and i'm saying you know not i'm saying even like social media people Mm. are like oh you know you're you're part of the illuminati you know there's a picture of a, a pyramid or an eye in the background of that video clip and this artist is illuminati and the artists don't care like, yeah, you know, but they don't even yeah. write their own songs anymore. Like, you know, who cares what they're what they're singing about? <laughs> it's like, you know, they yeah, pretty much. They are the puppets, and yeah. and, and, yeah. They're, and they're told, you know, play it cool, interviews, laugh it all off, keep getting paid your millions. I mean, yeah, don't don't deny that you're part of the Illuminati. <laughs> play it up, even. Yeah, play yeah. it up. Go get a tattoo for the Illuminati. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and you know that's that's good. Yeah, it's good for your character. It's good for the whole thing. Yep. And in the media talking about Illuminati is just washing it over everyone as if it's just like superficial crap. But we're talking mm. about the possibility of secret societies mm. that are hundreds of hundreds of years old that are pushing towards what? Like, you know, what, what, what is, what's the agenda? I don't know. You, uh, you, we can go into like, you talk about Agenda 21. We can get into that another time. Yeah, I, I mean, I know there's many different, um, I mean, it's talking about you know, new world orders and, you know, yeah. one world currencies and depopulation tactics and the technologies yeah. and harps and false flag events. <laughs> oh, all I, kinds I, of nasty stuff. I and we a have a few things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the rabbit hole goes, goes very deep. And that's, <laughs> I guess that's one reason why we can be hesitant to talk about this because once once you get going, uh, there's like an endless 
flow of information and, and who who the hell knows how much of it is accurate and how much of it is some wacko writing in his backyard and or how much somebody is a CIA agent on the internet posting on a university website or whatever the hell it is. Uh, but That's the scary re- part because yeah. it's not just one wacko. Yeah. There are like there's hundreds of these websites and there's like <laughs> testimonials that go on forever. Yeah. Yeah. And some of them, you know, obviously some of them are not wacko. Some some of them um, seem to be quite reasonable and, and they're coming at it from a critical angle. Uh, and, of course, when you get that, that stuff, that's, that's gold. That's what you really want to be reading. Um, but um, it's a, I think a lot of people who are... Well, it's dif- it's difficult to get in there and critically analyze it because there is so much strange information out there. But in in reference to the music industry, like you're talking about Justin Bieber and you know Jay Z comes up. Um, I, I've got this quote here from Lauren Hill, and Lauren Hill was accused of um, tax evading for a few for three years. And her story was that she was actually trying to escape the the music industry. So, or, or that is, she was trying to escape the control of certain people in the music industry. So she went out to a kind of fortified compound or a place of uh, some farm in the middle of nowhere where she believed the people who were trying to control her or influence her negatively would be able to affect her. And so, uh, so, so she was, here we go. You got it? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Um, so here, here was um, an extract from some of the text she wrote. I entered into my craft full of optimism, which I still possess, but immediately saw the suppressive force with which the system attempts to maintain its control over a given paradigm. I've seen people promote addiction, use sabotage, blacklisting, media bullying, and any other coercion technique they could to prevent artists from knowing their true value or exercising their full power. So... The question with that, I guess, would be whether this is something just within the music industry or whether there's some overarching, um, you know, secret overlord controlling the whole thing behind the scenes, uh, manipulating it so so uh, black kids are more influenced by gangster rap and want to emulate 50 Cent and become a pimp or something stupid or, like or that. Ross. Yeah, <laughs> Rick Ross, the correctional facilities. He was an officer in a jail. He was a screw. Yeah, and stole it. Or, well, shall I say, he borrowed the name of Freeway Ricky Ross <laughs> to he, gain he his reputation. Him? Maybe he leased it. Uh, well, I think there was a court case uh, over that, but um, I, I think they ruled against Freeway Ricky Ross. They said that Rick Ross was obviously a fake, <laughs> and that was the case that his own attorney made. Uh, Rick Ross was so obviously a fake, uh, nobody takes his, the stories in his rhymes seriously. So uh, for that reason, he shouldn't owe any uh, likeness rights or anything like that to freeway Ricky Ross, but it's kind of like it's like a real life CB4. Have you ever seen that movie? No. Okay. In, in CB4, uh, who is it? Chris Rock, straight laced, a good school kid, uh, but he knows this guy called Gusto. Uh, Gusto goes to jail for being 
too badass. He's a drug dealer or something. So uh, Chris Rock's character decides to steal Gusto's name and use it to build a rap career. And it's kind of a parody of NWA. Well, you, you mentioned the movie with um, Eddie Murphy and uh, yeah. Steve Martin. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's kind of um, – it's like another example of, of, an, of an interesting event and where does the information of that come from to build that kind of, that kind yeah. of story? So the movie is Bowfinger and in, in the movie Eddie Murphy is a famous film star Eddie Murphy's character is a film star and uh, they take him to this organization called Mindhead and it's supposed to be some kind of advanced therapy center, but it actually seems to be some kind of cult or brainwashing facility where they're controlling these, controlling the celebrities, just more or less like Lauren Hill is describing. They're using these manipulation tactics to control people. So I have to wonder how much of that film, how much of that idea of mind head is actually reality. Um, well, this quote that, that, you, that you just read out. Yeah. How did you interpret that? I mean, other than just the, the mind control or, you know, of everyone. Like, how, how did you, I mean, I'm just reading it through it again, like, uh, I entered into my craft of optimism. Like you know. <laughs> You're interpreting it like she's saying witchcraft or something. I'm um, pretty sure she's talking about songwriting. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But, I mean, this, the, the ability to create something out, mm. of, out of your own creative thought and, yep. and put it out to the world where yep. it's going to affect possibly millions of people in different ways, mm. you know, you're then changing the, you know, the collective understandings of what you're, of what you're putting out there. Mm. So, I mean, it's within the best interest if there is a controlling force or a, a certain group that want to have control, then it's important to control that channel. Mm. So you don't want, you don't want artists to be able to produce their own thought. Mm. So like, why, why would you want that? Yeah, that's right. and listen to us on iTunes or Pocket Cast. So, as I entered into my craft, hmm. not a spaceship, <laughs> but the ability, <laughs> okay. the, the, the ability to create your, your own output and, yeah. uh, and having control over that channel and, and having control over who's going to receive that yeah. or just having it open. Um, she mentions that they, the artist may not know the true value yeah. And I mean, I'm not thinking dollars or yeah. how much financial wealth they're going to be able to create from, you know, producing their, their own artistic output. Hmm. It's like the, the ability to get a message to hmm. move public or at least, you know, resonate feelings in certain minority groups hmm. is, uh, is so powerful yeah. that, that, of course, a controlling body isn't going to want that. And yep. irrespective of whether that's government or, you know, police authority or, or whatever. And uh, I mean, the first example that I can that jumps to mind is like Tupac. Yeah, two, Tupac, and of course, in in the uh, in the documentary Biggie and Tupac, uh, the filmmaker makes the case that uh, Tupac was actually being manipulated by some federal agents 
like while he was in prison, people would come up to him and, and they start a conversation and Tupac was like, man, I don't know who's still like, who's out to get me. And this guy's like, what? You don't know? Everybody's talking about it. Biggie's trying to kill you, man. <laughs> and yeah, okay. Tupac's like, oh, what? And, uh, you know, he's, he's a bit paranoid. Maybe he's, he's on drugs or something. Um, but uh, it, was, it became kind of obvious how paranoid he was in, in his later days. Well, I guess, it, um, I guess he was justified in his paranoia, but he, he started to increase his, his output of, of music, like recording every single day, because he's like, I got to leave something, uh, leave a message to the world which is quite an impressive response when you have a fear for your life. <laughs> well, that's someone maximizing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, we all seem pretty complacent, like we're going to be here for many years. Mm. I don't know why we're not doing a podcast every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, another example, like uh, Bob Marley, mm. you know, like this is like super value. Yeah. And that, that lives on, lives on through time. Mm. And it's like you can't put a dollar value on that. Mm. And they weren't mm. doing it for that. Yes. I think you look at the... The, like the, the apparent Illuminati artists today, and like they're not going to turn up. You're not going to pay them. They <laughs> don't give a shit about the people and what they're about, mm. or what they're wearing, or what they're told to wear or sing, or what you know what the backdrop is. Right. Like, there's no feeling behind there. There's no movement. Yep. Well, th- this is a thing in the in the golden era of hip hop. You have you know Biggie on the on the East Coast and uh, Park on the West Coast, and uh, if if we get, I, I don't think this is outlandish to suggest that the the FBI was looking at hip hop as a movement and saying, "Hold on, uh, we got things like the Million Man March, which there probably wasn't <laughs> a million people there, but but the point is, hip hop started to have the power to mobilize thousands of young black people, and so of course they're going to say, "Well, hold on, this isn't good for us." Uh, this, from their perspective, this is like a terrorist threat. Um, so then they go, go and figure out a way to shut that down. Um, and you might say, well, the Illuminati is behind that because they want people controlled. I would say it's pr- probably not necessary to allege that because the FBI doesn't want people doing that anyway. But, but that doesn't disprove the, the idea that there might be some controlling force behind that when you say controlling force yeah and yeah i'm going to jump back to like the the indian gurus that say the controlling force is you controlling your own mind Mm. um they are talking about artists that are able to to get up and and move people Mm. because they're singing the same ideas yeah they're singing something so real to everyone else that all of a sudden it's not about people controlling people like the media or like education or the, the government with their announcements or whatever. Hmm. We're talking about people all of a sudden becoming activated and thinking for themselves. Yes, yes. And I look at Michael Jackson as well as a great example because I, I, the other day I posted, they don't care about us on, on Facebook. And I said, look at this, this uh, young black man. He's really hooked into the spirit of the times. <laughs> this song is, you know, nearly 20 years old now. But he's saying, all I want to say is they don't really care about us. He's, say, he's saying these, like, the, these power structures exist and they're not there to protect us. They're not there to help us. They're, they're there to do something very different. And 
uh, you could see what the what the media did to him. I mean, I don't know. There's, you know, of course, there's all these allegations that he's a pedophile and all this crazy stuff. But I think whether he's a he, he was or not, they would have done the same thing to him because he's questioning. He's asking too many questions. Yeah, it, just, um, it falls straight into the model. Yeah, it falls straight in the model of take him out. Yeah, like you know, yeah. it's something here we can't control. Yeah, but then then you start to wonder who are they. Like who, who is this controlling body? And people are like, oh, you know, you're crazy to think something's trying to control you. But I mean, well, that, that was, this was kind of his experience towards the end. Like he didn't want to leave his house. He was worried people were trying to get him. Uh, and he, of course, he ended up overdosing on prescription drugs. And Whitney Houston was another example just to happen to overdose on prescription drugs. Yeah. Well, there's so many artists that fall into into drugs yes. or, or yes. into a, abusive, something simple like like harmless old alcohol. Hmm. It's like, and, and this isn't, I mean, okay, let's have a look. There's probably hundreds of examples. Um, like Jim Morrison, Amy yeah. Winehouse. Yeah. You know, all, all people that are that need to escape from something. Yeah, like, what Kurt Cobain. Like, imagine if Kurt Cobain um, wasn't on heroin and he started to look at his life and he started to look at the fans and he said, hang on, I'm in a position to really make a difference in this world. Mm. Well, imagine if he hadn't have died and, and he came to that realization. The world will be a very different place today. It almost seems scary to be an artist with that much power because <laughs> at that point you realize that you need to pull your head into line mm. or you get paranoid mm. or you start writing yourself off, write yourself off on drugs as if, you know, I'm crazy, leave, leave me alone, which it seems, I mean, that could be, I mean, the data's there to see a trend. Yeah. I'm not saying, you know, that's what they're doing. But have, yeah. you, have you seen the movie They Live? Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, 1988. Yep, and uh, so the main character he actually doesn't have a name, but he's kind of a drifter. Comes into a city, and he, he somehow finds this in the back of a church. Uh, he finds a pair of sunglasses which enable him to see the real faces of people, and it, it turns out there are secret messages everywhere telling him to obey. Uh, telling him to consume and just go along and and live a normal life and die, and then there is the these aliens pretre- pretending to be humans, disguised as humans, all through the streets, and uh, psychopaths. <laughs> yeah, could be it could be a kind of metaphor for psychopaths. That's one way to look at it. Like, okay, a human, yeah. not human, mm. something like that. Yeah, or reptilian. That's an, <laughs> of course that's another way. Yeah, that's too much craziness. But looking at, I mean, it's not hard to join dots with when you. I mean, when people refer to them and and they and you know, sort of they're doing. Um, mm. I I jumped on a website, um, tribulationinstitute.com, and it's. I mean, if you're looking for a crazy website, that's mm. that's got summaries of possible. Every single possible 2015 false flag event, or um, okay, or, or just you know, just there's, I mean, it's un, it's unlimited craziness. Mm. Um, we've got a few examples on on you know where where they or who they might be, and they look at the hierarchy of of they start at the bottom, 
as in, you know, we human beings, mm. where, where we are, and they look at all the different levels of control and structure that we have, that, you know, that is just normal. Mm. So, you know, in our own lives, we have our own school and education. We have, uh, have our own job. You know, we're, we're born into a, um, a birth certificate with a with the government details and a country and everything like, you know, just normal stuff. We, we, we grow up to get a job, you know, so all of a sudden we're part of the labor force so that we can start producing something and start paying tax on it. So we can be part of this system. Yeah. Um, you, you jump above that and all of a sudden you start looking at, you know, what are, what are we a part of in, in our mind? Like, you know, mind structures that, that we are involved in. Mm. So certain like religious groups you might be attended or we might attend, or a religious anything. I mean, like uh, the government that we we seem to follow, hmm. um, our own, you know, our own desire to educate ourselves, and then we then we follow the media. Like that's just level one, you know. Yeah. But then you know, what's above that? <laughs> yeah. And like, and it, it's so not, all the all these power structures who who have the ability and the incentive to control us to some degree, to control what's in, in our brains. And it's not necessarily out of malice, like if you're a school teacher, but it might be some, you know, you're, you're part of the system. It's like in the Matrix where Morpheus says, all of these people are willing to defend this system with their lives. And it's not because they're malicious. It's because they believe, they truly believe that's what's good and right. And that's just population control. The first level. Yeah. I mean, you, you can keep, you keep going above that. It's like the banking system mm. that supports government, that supports your workplace, all yeah. that. I mean, it, and it is, and without being crazy, you can start drawing levels. Yeah. And then, you know, which uh, financial institutions, it goes on forever. But, you know, and then, then you go, they, and, you know, and then, then you start thinking of, you know, the guy that you're going to vote into, you know, red or blue politics as if he's the guy that's in control. Mm. It's like, it's, it's silly. Yeah. Well, in an episode of Juice Rap News, uh, Hugo and Giordano make the case that uh, to talk about the Illuminati is actually denying your your own power, your own power in in an extent, because you actually, in the way they they draw this diagram of the Illuminati, they're like you're part of the pyramid. You know, you're right in there. Mm. You you do have the power to change things, and and don't forget it. <laughs> um, yeah. And and the way you're the way you're manipulated, or the way you're unconscious, or go along with the flow, does affect things. Yeah, it's and like that's the, so important. This idea of consciousness, and mm. that you know, I'm not controlled. I'm part of it. Like you know, I'm not. I'm not controlled by the system. Yeah, but how do we know? We don't. We don't know. Like, we don't know to what extent. We can. We can make reasonable guesses, but we never really know. <laughs> if, if I'm in the pub talking to someone, they go, hey, "You're crazy. You're not. I'm not controlled by the system." Mm. I'll tell them at that point to go shout me a beer because I can't talk to you anymore. <laughs> it's like to, to even say that. It's like you know you, you're you're not you're not aware. Like you're not you're not critically analyzing your position. <laughs> it's like you, you're you're happy to accept. Yeah. Well. Um, one thing in, in the media, uh, a few months ago, there was this case on uh, Bill Mayer's show and he had Ben Affleck on there and, and Sam Harris came on there as well. And I, I think both of them were kind of mistaken about, about some of their points. I mean, I, uh, they, were, they were talking about Islam. And the thing about this, whether they were wrong or right, the thing about it was Ben Affleck 
had been kind of prompted. He had a handler who had told him before the show that Sam Harris was going to be on there and that Ben Affleck should say certain things. So Ben Affleck was going in there with the impression like this guy is going to say this uh, politically incorrect nonsense and I have to denounce him any way that I can. And you, you watch it and that's more or less exactly what he did. He didn't. He misrepresented Sam Harris's position uh, several times and uh, he was also rather rude because... Uh, Bill Mayer was introducing Sam Harris and, and uh, Ben Affleck jumped in to, to interrupt in the middle of it. Um, the, but the thing was, uh, I have to ask, you know, who, who is this handler? Why is there this influence from leftist thinking or politically, overly politically correct thinking in Hollywood? And why is that so important? <laughs> and... Yeah, it's rather unusual too because Ben Affleck and, and Matt Damon uh, got, got into Hollywood by, by writing this script, Goodwill Hunting, um, which is rather, rather incisive in many ways. And then it seems like Ben Affleck goes on and now he gets manipulated. You can't enter that industry. Hmm. I mean, you can't enter that industry as, as an innocent and, and not expect anything like that to happen. Yeah, you would have to be properly mentally prepared if you were getting into that industry because you could live in a very insular world. Um, all your friends would be, the, you know, people that are within that network as well and you don't know what's real. And then, you, you I mean, you look at things um, like one case is with, Dave Chappelle, how he decided he, he had to quit his job is like, is it all this pressure or is this, you know, maybe there's something weird going on. Uh, people, people are trying to control you. And in one interview, he brings up examples like Martin Lawrence freaking out and going crazy. And as, as a contrast, I would bring up someone like Marlon Brando who decided to live, I think it was in... Let's see. He decided to live in Fiji, I believe, and he's like these 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 people are very humble. Uh, they won't kiss your ass. They they will show you the regular, you know, the respect that they would show anybody, but they won't kiss your ass. And that's why <laughs> that's why he loved living there because it would keep him grounded. It's real, yeah. As opposed to living in Hollywood, uh, L.A. is a crazy place. I, I wouldn't. I don't think I would live there. <laughs> no, I don't think I would either. But, but that, that's pretty because of the it's on the fault line and the volcanoes are about, okay, yeah. about to go. Well, that's another thing. There's a lot of earthquakes going on there all the when, time. In when I think of controls, yep. Um, I think of Mel Gibson. Yep. Okay. Flipping out, bashing someone with his phone, and uh, you know, and there's a lot of people. No, you, uh, you're mixing up Russell Crowe. Because Russell, or, or maybe you're not, but Russell Crowe beat somebody with a phone. Okay, no, maybe. Mel Gibson uh, called somebody that someone called somebody oh, a nigger, yeah, and yeah, a, yeah, okay, a Jew, yeah. or I, some, I, I something like that, and that was uh, that was what happened to him. So they had this purported recording. I don't know if it's actually a recording of him because later he he kind of denied it, and it, it was like. They had to. They painted him as the anti-Semite, and that way they can just write him off, and they and they can more or less forget about him. Like you're not part of the in industry anymore because we use this A word, anti-Semite, and that's the end of that. <laughs> that that was Mel Gibson. Yeah, yeah. yeah so even with both examples, it's like um, 
some like, like what, what is what is that that shift in between you know the media loving these guys and promoting their movies and everything's great and you know good family life mm. and then all of a sudden it's like they're, they're the worst people yeah it's like they you know they're, yep. they're the villains yeah and uh, yeah like with michael jackson or, or bill cosby whoever you know and and the world can just turn on a dime like they get told a couple of things a few times by the media uh and and people say that's the court of public opinion oh the court of public opinion actually means you heard something on tv five yeah, times and that's a, that's 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 a court that's not a court that, that's, that's not justice it's disgusting <laughs> yes i mean any anyone that's that's able that, that says you know on on the news last night did you see uh did you see mel Hmm. And it's it's like you know you didn't see Mel, you saw the news. <laughs> yeah, you, you saw you saw one representation of him, and that's very different. Yeah, there's a very good interview. I haven't seen it for a while. Where Mel Gibson comes on and says, "You know, I'm sorry. I said a few things. Um, didn't mean to. Okay, you know, you know, it just kind of slipped up." And he, he just and I can see him behind his face laughing. Yeah, as in you know, I. I you know, I got the phone call from them and I was told to get on and do this interview. Um, and the first half's cool. He's reading the script and he's having a joke. He's like, yeah, you know, I just lost my temper and things came out and, you know, it wasn't really me. It was from a conversation, something happened before and, like, you mm. know, he's, he's playing it cool. And mm. then they start hitting him with some solid questions and you can see him getting flustered <laughs> underneath. And he's still playing it cool uh, and you can see he just, he just wants to grab the mic and he start hitting people with it. And I wonder what sends... What pushes someone to that that level of frustration? Mm. Um, and it can only be control. Otherwise, mm. you wouldn't get frustrated. You tell you tell your story as it is, and you wouldn't be sorry, and you wouldn't care what you've said. But yeah. you have to. Otherwise, you're not getting the next movie, or you know, or, yeah. you, or you're going to lose your house, or lose your friends that might not even be your friends. Yeah, it's um, yeah. There's no way I'm living in LA. You, you couldn't do it. How could you? How could you feel successful knowing that you're playing a game? Yeah. Well, what about, oh, it's an alternate case, and this is kind of weird. Roman Polanski, public doesn't seem to hate him all that much, actually. <laughs> but he's like, a, he, uh, he ran away from the United States because he didn't want to be convicted for sexual assault on a minor. And it was... It seemed to be more or less proven, but nobody really cares. No, nobody talks about it all that much. Um, or, or another example, uh, Charlie Sheen. So, so after nine eleven, Charlie Sheen started to ask questions. Is like, does this look like a controlled demolition to you? Like World Trade Center Seven, um, and I guess it was years after. So I don't know if there's a, a what kind of causal effect, but obviously this is a guy who's willing to ask questions. And then years later, they portray him as a, as a nutcase and, and, uh, an addict and, and all this stuff. And he comes out on, uh, in interviews and is saying, I just feel like, uh, the power of the universe is expressing itself through me or some, some stuff like that. And everybody says, ah, Charlie Sheen, you're crazy. And I'm like, no, that's cool. This, this guy's all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, do you, I mean, that could be another, another scene. He's, he's just playing the game. He said, you know what? You chill. He's, a, he's an unwritten check. Mm. You get on, you, you defame yourself and we'll pay you to go away. <laughs> or these actors aren't adding any value mm. and they're, they're left alone. 
You're saying, yeah. you're saying media just accepts them as being crazy and that's it. They, they go away. Yeah, like they, they can be as crazy as they want to be, but as soon as they start bucking the system, then, the, then they get portrayed as crazy and then that's the end of the career. I think that's the general trend. Now, another, another thing I wanted to talk about, which is uh, I found this really creepy. I was watching a sequence of interviews with some young children. They're about eight to 10 years old in the United Kingdom in uh, a community called Hampstead. And what happened with them or what they're alleging is that there's a kind of satanic cult or, or a kind of very strange organization that um, ritualistically abuses children and, and even murders children. Uh, and the, the rumor is that the entire town is in on it, more or less, like, like politicians and lawyers and doctors and, and social workers. Uh, and um, these children were the, the children of a, an upcoming actor named Ricky Dearman. And uh, they, these, these children accused him of doing all this really disgusting stuff up to the point of uh, murdering babies in a primary school. And they said that this kind of behavior was going on all throughout the primary schools in the area and all throughout the churches. Uh, just to, to the point where you have to say, how real can this be? But there, there was some evidence to, to back it up where some therapists interviewed the children uh, or counseled the children and said that with this level of detail, there has to be some kind of firsthand knowledge of sexual abuse and some other things. Uh, that's a very bizarre case. It seems <laughs> incredible that they can keep something that's so widespread yeah. covered. Yeah, yeah. And that's so. That's an easy, yeah. That's an that's an easy way, which I guess you can say. Well, it's it's so hard to believe it, and you know there are, there seems to be some evidence backing it up. But I, w I wouldn't go so far to say is it's true. Personally, I don't want to believe it because it's that disturbing. Um, but I've I've heard rumors as well. Things like. People say in the United States, like in Washington, D.C., they, whoever they are, use this as a control mechanism for politicians. So you go along to these parties with them mm. and, and you're a politician, a congressman, and you, you start to get involved and they, they say, hey, uh, you know, the first couple of times you're drinking champagne with them, but then the next couple of times you're smoking weed and then you're doing uh, heroin, uh, meth, cocaine, and and then uh, it gets to the point where they're like, "Hey, do you want to do you want a hooker?" and so on until you're like abusing children, and at that point you don't you almost don't have a choice because they have so much evidence of you doing these obscene acts that you have to go along with it. And then if in Congress you get your arm twisted, you have to go uh, along with a bill. You have to agree to the Patriot Act or whatever it is without having read it because you know if if you don't then your life is over and your family will disown you and that that will be the end of that because you will be portrayed exactly as they want you portrayed uh, but I haven't I haven't seen much evidence of that as as far as I know that's just a rumor 
And again, I'd, I'd like to believe it's just a rumor because it's so disturbing. See, I've heard so many cases of that happening that maybe some of them are rumors. But mm. the fact that we're talking about that as an example, yep. it's got to happen somewhere yeah. to yeah. somebody. Well, there, there are some verid, verifiable, veritable cases. And for example, there was a, a TV uh, presenter um, in the UK and he was a presenter for like 30 or 40 years. I think he got recognized by the Queen at some point, either he was knighted or received some some medal, the Order of the British Empire, or some, something similar. And after his death, uh, it turned out he was a paedophile. And some of the other presenters on the BBC said, oh, yeah, I knew that. I knew that all along. And you just, you turn and look at and say, hold on, you knew it? You knew it all along? Do, do what, you, do you, what do you mean you knew, you knew it and you didn't say anything? What What is going on here? See, whether it happened or didn't happen, you know, the me, okay, let's, let's say in this case, you're pretty sure it happened? Uh, yeah, from, from what I can tell. I haven't researched it into it too deeply, but it's there doesn't seem to be much... Uh, much controversy about it. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it just seems that the media is able to fabricate it's, whatever they want. So, yeah. you know, they could, Okay, okay, yeah, fair as, point. As well, I mean, I'm just playing both sides. Yep. But it wouldn't be hard to buy people and say, uh, you know, to say, here's, here's a check. Right. Just, just read the script. Here's a camera and you're on. Yeah. And also, so if they wanted like, to destroy his character yeah, yeah, for I, some I, reason. I, I knew yep. about it, but, you know... Aussie culture, you don't snitch on a mate. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's like, you know, like you're saying, like you knew, but it, and it's like, well, I, I don't believe anything anymore. Yeah. Like it's, really, it's really hard, but that doesn't take away the fact that people are controlled mm. because it's knowing that it's so easy to, to fabricate stories or to release stories and know that, you know, like you said, the whole world's going to spin on that dime and, yeah. you know, you're, you're done. Yeah, because if you watch the news and, and actually believe the news and don't think about it critically sitting in front of the television for three hours a night, just letting it passively absorb into your brain, uh, you know, taking control of your brainwaves, then you're just, uh, you're just another cop in the matrix. But that doesn't make you the Illuminati. <laughs> or that doesn't mean the TV no. is Illuminati. Even no. though does it, it, may, it doesn't necessarily. No. It may illuminate the room. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. All right. Uh, well, my, my name's Kurt Robinson. My name's Aaron Battle. Press like, press subscribe, press comment. Uh, leave us an interesting story if you have some personal experience with the Illuminati and give it, throw us a few bones at donate.theparadiseparadox.com. Subscribe on iTunes and Pocket Casts. Press like on Facebook. Press the Get Notifications button on Facebook so you can stay in contact with us. And don't go along with any UK politicians or school teachers because they might be leading you down the way to a satanic cult. All right, have a good one. Wash out and go. Peace.